If you only have to pick one streaming service, Darsh, which one do you use? Okay, you can't ask me that kind of question. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just, that's just rude. That's just, that's just rude, okay? <laughs> Welcome back to the Digital Dive Podcast, a conversation about tech. My name is Darsh. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jacqueline. I'm your other host. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking all about cable TV and kind of the downfall of it and what's next. If the alternative is actually better or if we're just right back to where we started. If you like what you hear this episode, guys, make sure to hit that follow button on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts and make sure that you get notified of every episode that we put out. And it ultimately helps us get the show out to even more people. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And without any further ado, let's roll the intro. All right. Last week, I was in SF for the new Samsung launch. And we are, Star, should we announce it? We're yep. officially back to a weekly schedule. Yep. yep. We're officially back to a weekly schedule. Yep, we're back. Which is exciting. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, um, I'm actually stoked for us. Darsh is settled with his new job and is going so well. I am, I don't have any travel plans for the next couple of weeks, but even if I do, we're planning ahead enough that we should be consistent weekly like we were last year, honestly. And if we're, like, if there's anything that comes up, we're going to post on our Twitter at Digital Dive Pod. But you have our word. Mondays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Central, conversation about tech. I'm so excited about it. And actually, this episode back, Darsh, I am genuinely so excited about. This is Darsh's idea a few episodes ago. Seemed like people wanted to hear about it. So we're going to be doing an episode all about kind of the state of cable and streaming because I feel like I've been seeing all over my Twitter timeline a lot of takes on HBO and the way that they're streaming, the Netflix password sharing situation, and also just like way that creators interact with streaming platforms and YouTube, etc. And I think that this is actually really relevant to a tech enthusiast audience because at the end of the day, there are only a few major companies that are really influencing what's going to happen in this space. And that is kind of going to influence a lot of other parts of media and tech. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get in though, I just want to clarify one specific term in the glossary that might be used uh, quite a bit throughout this episode, and yes. that's cord cutting. Now, if you're unaware what cord cutting is, it's effectively what it sounds like. It's cutting the cord. Um, the cord in specific is that pointy little wire that used to go into your cable box. That's what it means. <laughs> and, and that's and that's effectively what it is because even now, actually, if you get cable TV, 99% of the time, it's going to be done through the internet. So like those original cords that we'd be using to stream television, it's completely different now. The entire landscape has changed to such a point where we're not experiencing the same level of television now that we would be seeing when we were growing up. Like, I don't know about you, Jacqueline, but when I was younger, like the one thing I always look forward to is like, okay, watching TV at the end of my day, like kind of just like relaxing, unwinding, watching something on television, but it was always whatever was on. It was like if Sweet Life of Zack and Cody was on Disney Channel, I was like, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is what I'm watching tonight. Like that's kind of the vibe. Yeah, I would only, I only knew Disney Channel. That was the only channel I knew. And you just had to hope that you had one of the good shows on and that it wasn't like one of the newer ones, like uh, Jesse or something. Hey, 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 like, hey. My go-to. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Did you like Yo, Jesse? I, I, I kind of like Jesse. No. Right? All Things Considered is a pretty good show. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what was your least favorite one? My least favorite? I think my least favorite one that I was still watching Disney around, and I know it's a little bit late because it was like 2011, so I was like 11 years old. Um, okay, as you should. Dog with a Blog. Oh my God, I almost mentioned that one instead of Jesse. You yeah, should have. No, you should have because it was so much worse. Like Jesse was like was all right. Dog with a Blog was just downright terrible it was terrible like what the point of it was so stupid and also like i don't know the execution of like the story and how they never figured out that the dog was running the blog it just i was not able to suspend disbelief but honestly also it's like like look i get blogging as its own medium and i mean no disrespect to anyone who does blog but like a dog with a blog like like for one <laughs> like that would make national television like if, if someone found a, a blog that was fully written by a dog and that 
But they didn't know it was written by the dog. It was like the whole thing. They like were never able to figure it out. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you, but that's not what this... I think. Honestly, I don't remember. But yeah, we're getting derailed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting derailed. We're talking about Disney Channel. I'm like, we can do a full episode on Disney at this point, but that's aside. Honestly, could. But talking about a little bit of the past, like giving some preface, some context. So Jacqueline, when you think about like cable TV, like what were your, what are your first thoughts? So I'm 21 now and Darsh is 22. Yeah. So we kind of grew up in the time where cable was just starting to fade out when we were like getting into our teens. So the only channels that I still know are Disney Channel because right after that, everything kind of turned to the streaming world. So I remember my parents had a Netflix subscription really early on and that kind of, we had it even when like DVDs were the Netflix subscription. And so they were like early adopters in that sense. And then we, I feel like my family definitely is like a movie watching family, TV watching family. So all the subscriptions was like a priority. Netflix was definitely the main one. And then as the years have gone on, I think HBO Max has become a big one, Disney Plus. And so everything that I was watching was either YouTube or streaming services. And I think the reason why I preferred streaming services a lot, and this reason is a little bit less relevant now, is that you were able to get everything all in one sitting and there were no ads. HBO and a couple other companies have kind of changed that model, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I think that that initial reason, and also like only having one subscription, are no longer the reasons why we have streaming services. Like they tried to solve the problem of needing a cable subscription to a bunch of different channels by just having this one like $10 a month subscription. But now there are so many streaming platforms and all the companies that initially like had licensed content to Netflix, a lot of them are pulling their content to put it on their own streaming service. Like The Office is now on Peacock, things like that. Mm -hmm. So the landscape has definitely changed a lot. But I think that I'm still... The thing that I still use the most is YouTube and Netflix. What about you? No, absolutely. I think that, so when I first think about cable, like what I would think about would be like that, like I'm in Canada, so we have like Rogers boxes. It's effectively um, the like Comcast boxes. Like that's effectively the only way I can describe mm-hmm. it. So the, these boxes, like, that was the first thing I think when I think about cable. But also I remember as a kid, like we never really used to watch cable as much. A lot of what we'd be watching was like, we'd have like specific channels just for like foreign channels. We only have like the foreign channels package. We wouldn't really be watching too many other ones. We had like basic cable plus foreign channels. My parents like to watch their Indian soap operas. And anyone who's listening who watches Indian soap operas will understand how frustrating it can be to watch Indian (laughs) soap operas, but that's a whole other conversation. Mm. Now, when it comes to cable in that past and what ended up happening over time was that I noticed that like with us as well, we started getting into Netflix uh, slowly. And then once we got fully invested in Netflix, we're like, okay, we're going to start going to Netflix more than we go to anything else. And I remember there was all these issues with having multiple screens at one time. Like you could have maximum five people watching at a, at a single sitting. Yeah. And so that was like its own issue. You had to upgrade plans for that. And that's where like these tiers of plans are to coming into play. And I feel like that started to bring us to where we are now, right? Because I'll go on Prime Video, for example, and I want to watch Rick and Morty. I can't watch Rick and Morty mm-hmm. without paying an extra $13 a month to subscribe to a channel I have no interest in, but I would have subscribed to it just to watch Rick and Morty. So what I would do, me personally, is wait till the entire season is out, buy the subscription for one month, and then watch all of the episodes in that month, and then cancel that subscription. But that is extremely reminiscent to me of what past cable used to be, where you'd be buying these packages, these packaged cable channels, and you'd be spending extra for each extra one that you'd add on. And now we're starting to see that in the streaming landscape, which just has me really concerned about where we're headed because it seems like it's no longer this immediate sit down, kind of binge whatever you want kind of landscape. Rather, it's more of a, okay, sit down and choose what you want. Yes, but now you're going to be featuring ads. You're going to have to pay for specific channels if you want certain TV shows. It's less of like all in one place kind of vibe. 
Yeah, I think that Netflix is still stuck to the model of release everything at once. People are going to binge watch 10 episodes. Like I remember when Bridgerton came out, it like took over all of Twitter. But HBO has gone with a different model of release one a week, like with Euphoria. And I think the pro of doing that, there actually are, I think are two pros. The first pro is that they stay relevant in the news longer because every week there's hype around the episode, assuming that people really care about the series. And then the second one is that people are also going to keep their subscription longer where with like Netflix, if you can binge watch everything in a week, then you would cancel. But with Euphoria, then they know at least people are going to like stay on for two months. There's like an episode a week for eight weeks. And also on a societal level, a lot of people on my Twitter timeline have actually been saying that they like the one episode a week model because it means that they never have to worry about like spoiling the show for people. And they're able to have like water cooler discussion about it the next day, which is something that we lost when we kind of moved away from cable because people were watching all the different shows at their own pace. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even now though, that that still is somewhat the case. Like I know, like, I don't know. For sure. I don't know if you saw like how much your father has been coming out week by week now, the new season. Yes, I started watching it. I haven't seen it, so don't say anything yet, but that's what I mean. (laughs) There's no longer a set time of week where it's coming out and you can't, and you can't see it again. So like cable used to be that you'd be able to only watch it when it came out live. And then afterward, you'd have to either buy the DVD of the entire season or I guess later on in in later years, they had on demand where you'd be able to stream it um, a week after it came out. You'd be able to watch the latest episode in whatever platform or dashboard was available to you through your cable provider. And so as we've kind of shifted towards like this timing now where, yes, some shows are coming out on a week by week basis, there still is this sense of like, There is community, but it's for almost a different reason. It's like almost based out of FOMO, like fear of missing out. Do you feel like, what do you mean? So like, for example, if you're watching How Much Your Father and I can't be a part of a conversation with you about How Much Your Father because I haven't seen it yet, but because I have instant access to it to start watching whenever I want, now I'm half enticed tonight before I go to bed to start watching the first couple episodes because I can. It's sitting right there. It's available to me. Whereas before it would never really be as much of a concern. Like when I was younger and someone's like, oh, did you catch that Phineas and Ferb episode? I was like, no, I'll I'll watch the next one like tomorrow when it comes out. True. That's a good point. I think the main thing though, is that when the streaming services first started, it was to make things cheaper and more centralized. And we're now back in the same exact place without cable where it's decentralized and definitely not cheaper if you buy all the subscriptions. Oh, all the subscriptions plus all the extra packages. Like I know in Canada, so we have, instead of HBO Max, we have Crave, which is uh, owned by one of the telecommunications companies. It's called uh, like Bell owns it. And it's uh, effectively HBO plus whatever content Bell wants to throw in there. And it's so bad. Like like at this point, they're literally offering it for free for like almost any plan that you sign up for with Bell. That's an aside. And what's even more interesting is that HBO is probably going to have to leave Crave because HBO was recently bought out by Discovery. So now Discovery is going to have access to HBO, but they're also going to have access to Food Network. They're going to have access to Animal Planet, Cooking Channel, Quest, Turbo, Discovery Asia, they like all these different channels of news, Comedy Central, like their motor trend. There's there's all these different channels that are not all falling under the umbrella of Discovery. And the same thing goes for Disney. They own like Fox, they own ESPN, they own they own FX, National Geographic, they own Hulu, they own ABC, they own Marvel, they own Star. There's all these different there's all like you kind of get where I'm going with this. There's all these different yeah. networks that are owned under these big corporations where it's coming down to pretty much what cable was before where you're choosing where you want to watch your shows and you're choosing what packages you're buying but each of these packages at base is like $15 a month 
And so you get three of them. That's $45 in a month. Then you add, say, $10 an add-on for each of them. So that's $25 a piece. That's $75 a month in cable. It's in TV. You're effectively going back to the same kind of cable payment plan that we'd be doing before when we were when cable was still a thing. So this entire landscape that we thought was going to be primarily meant to make things cheaper, make it so more hyper-fixated, you can find the niche or the area of television you want to focus on, it's no longer there. Totally. And I think the reason why is because it's not necessarily profitable for these companies to move away from that model. And as they were noticing that they were losing a lot of people on cable, they had to figure out the new business model. So the last two things I want to personally say on the topic or rather bring up is number one, if you only have to pick one streaming service, Starsh, which one do you use? And then number two, where do you see the landscape going in like the next like three to five years? Okay, you can't ask me that kind of question. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just that's just rude. That's just Ooh. that's just rude. Okay. Wait, which one? Which <laughs> the first one? one? The first which one? one which one, one will I choose? Like, <laughs> like I okay. So, fun fact: I I recently just bought a TV, and I wanted to like I, I started setting up all my streaming platforms on it, and like literally now it's like a it's a coin flip of which platform I'm going to look at, like which one I'm going to watch at night. Actually, as a fun fact as well, because of it, I've been watching more YouTube. But that's an aside. So yeah, if I could, if I had to give up. All stream, does YouTube count as a streaming platform? Because it's free. Um, I would not count. I think you could have YouTube in addition to everything yeah, else. Yeah, because it's effectively free. If you don't pay for the for the premium, it's free. And if you just use the free yeah. YouTube videos, it's free. Uh, okay, so if that's the case, I would probably end up saying Disney, I think for me. Disney, interesting. I think for me, it would be Netflix. Really? Okay. But also, wait, wait, also for the audience to preface though, like like Jacqueline's based in the States, I'm based in Canada. So the, the regulations and True. the- what is it called? The licensing for each of these shows are different in each place. So like my reasoning behind Disney is because of the licensing that's available in Canada, because I can only see some of my favorite shows through Disney now, rather than I used to be able to watch them through Netflix. That's a really good point too. Yeah. Because for example, I can't see Hulu or I mean, I can't see um, modern family on Netflix. So I have to use Hulu. So I would be giving that up, which would suck. But I feel like Netflix, I don't even know why, because honestly, I don't even think the content is that great now, but I feel like because it was like the first one I was exposed to, I have like an attachment to it. No, that's fair. Honestly, when people when people ask like, hey, do you want to watch something? I'll be like, oh, like, we can just watch something on Netflix. And then we go and sit on Prime or go on Crave or Disney or Discovery, something something under the sun. But it's interesting because that's like, Netflix is like the term for streaming now. The same way Kleenex is the term for a facial tissue or a Q-tip True. or I don't even know what is a cotton swab. Like, like, like these, I forget what the word is called. It's a word in marketing, but it's effectively, we've associated this type or this, this, this product, this generalized product to a specific company or brand because they were the first one in the industry to do it and to do it right, which is really interesting. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like first movers advantage is definitely real. Although I don't know how much like longer that will last if the content doesn't stay relevant, especially with the recent announcement that they're really cracking down on password sharing. A lot of people are super upset about that. And actually like canceling your subscription. No, absolutely. And actually I wanted to throw the question back to you in terms of the three to five years. Like wh- where would you kind of see this going? Because I see it more in a space of it's going to become more like cable television. Like Netflix now has, for one, they're cracking down on, on sharing passwords. Given they did ret- retract that statement, so they're only going to be doing it in two regions moving forward, not anywhere in North America, but rather in uh, smaller countries and smaller continents first. And then going to be rolling out to North America and Europe afterward. But what I what I think is going to end up being is more so along the lines of what we saw in cable 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where you're buying all these packages that are bundled together that have all these different uh, channels provided to you. But where, where do you see it going in the next three to five years? I definitely think that people are going to continue using subscription services. I think YouTube watch time is going to continue to rise as well as 
and alongside TikTok. I think that even though a lot of us are like price adverse to like the fact that there's so many streaming services coming out, there isn't really a great alternative. So I think we're going to continue seeing like Disney and other companies buy up shows and licensing, et cetera. If I had to guess which streaming services people are using three to five years from now, I'd say still Netflix, Hulu, and maybe Disney Plus are the three. I think HBO is definitely important as is Peacock, but I just feel like I hear them talked about a little bit less often. And I think Disney, since it has like the whole Marvel franchise, is just going to be huge and a lot of other shows as well. But I think that because so many content creators are making amazing content on like platforms like Nebula, which I'm associated with, or YouTube, we're also going to see like independent creators thrive in this environment, even if it's on a smaller scale. No, I absolutely agree. Except my my take would be that it would be Netflix, Disney, and Discovery. I think Discovery is going to make a huge play because mm. now they, they own so much of the industry just based off like small things that they've done. Like like Disney, so Discovery is fully fully taken HBO, right? And because of HBO, HBO owns Harry Potter. They own um, like all these different series of movies, but also now they own DC. And DC is doing a huge new push now because Discovery stepped in, fired the CEO of, of DC, and now DC studios, like, like the other superhero studios, for anyone who doesn't watch superhero movies, the other superhero studio is now trying to make like a big push to combat that of Netflix, sorry, to combat that of Marvel. And because they're doing this, it's making a huge, I feel like they're going to make a huge play, but that's just my take on it. And true, it's, it's just a very interesting landscape. And I, I throw the question to everyone listening right now, tweet us at Digital Dipod. What are your thoughts with regard to the cable industry as a whole? Do you still watch cable television? What do you watch on there versus what do you stream? I would love to continue this conversation further, but I do have a, a hard stop sometime soon because I have a giant Mac issue right now and it's bugging me like crazy. And yeah, tell us about was, it. What's going on? I was on? telling Jack and how I wanted to call out Apple on the podcast. Apple, if you're listening, I shouldn't have to have a call back the next day from service. Three, I've been I've been talking to Apple service for three days in a row. Now, <laughs> okay, so pretty much, you guys are about to enter a serious relationship. Granted, oh my three. goodness, pretty much. Yeah, I, I hope they really don't. I hope they don't have to be exclusive. Like that's just a little too fast, you know. Anyway, uh, so jumping into pretty much what happened a couple of months ago before I started work, I wanted to get my laptop fixed because a couple of the keys weren't working because of the butterfly okay. switches on the 2018 MacBook Pro with Touch Bar. And so what I ended up doing was I went into Apple and they still have the repair program. They'll switch out the keys for you for free. But because my computer is now four years old, they're not offering to replace the entire keyboard anymore for me. They're asking me for almost $1,000. And at that point too, with the new mm. Macs that have all come out, the M2 MacBook Air is about $1,600. And at that point, it's more powerful than my current computer, better camera, better screen, and it's still very functional. So like just for context there, so at that point, spending $1,000 to fix a computer that's four years old or five years old now doesn't make any sense. So I looked at them and I was like, yeah, like this doesn't make any sense. You have fully acknowledged that you made a problem with the butterfly switches. This, this is your fault. You acknowledged it by creating a repair program that was free for these, for these devices. Now you're telling me that I have to spend $1,000 to fix a single key on my computer because that's the issue. My yeah. M key, which is also one of the most commonly used letters in- Important yeah, keys. It's one of the most important keys on your computer- and it's not working and it, it it either double clicks or it doesn't work at all. And so at this point, I'm like, yeah, like I need my computer for work. I don't get a computer. Like I don't get a work computer. Like this is, this is my computer. That's crazy. That's actually an infuriating every single day. Experience. Exactly. So thankfully I've been using my external keyboard and it's fine. But when I want to work on like the couch or I want to work um, like just like remote, if I want to go to a coffee shop and work, I can't do that now. Like it's, it's restricting me to my desk, which makes me feel a lot more trapped. And so lo and behold, we come to this point where I told like I, went to Apple, got the key switched out again. They were like, yeah, no, you're probably gonna have to get the entire top shell replaced. That's me about $900 after labor. And then went on even further wow. to tell me like, yeah, like, it's up to you if you want to do that or if you want to start talking about like 
trading in your computer, which is only worth $300. I'm like, so it's either I pay a thousand dollars or I get 300 bucks from you. Um, it's pretty much they're, they're looking for money. They want me to buy a new computer. So I said, no, which is weird because you're like one of like millions of customers. Like it's odd that they would like put their foot down here and like set, give you like a bad taste in your mouth about them when it wouldn't really take that much to just fix it. Well, that's the thing. It's because their policy was only for the repair for, is only repair for four years after you buy the computer because my computer is now effectively four years and four months old. Mm. Um, they won't do the replacement. Yeah. So I called, so I pretty much told them, I was like, I, I can't stand for this. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I work, I use this for work every single day and you tell me I have to spend a thousand dollars. Like I can't shell that out up front right now to buy a new computer uh, or to fix this computer. Like that doesn't make sense to me because otherwise the computer's working fine. So they get, Apple support to call me. They call me yesterday. I'm on the phone with them for over an hour. In that hour, I went up two levels of management talking to customer support because I was I was giving them a relatively hard time. I was being diplomatic and nice, but I was very stern with what I was saying. I was like, you made this problem. Now you're asking me to pay for it to fix it, but you have a repair program, mm. but you're not letting me, you're not covering my computer under that repair program, even though this is your fault. And the lady pretty much was like, okay, like, let me see what I can do. I need to look at some resources and uh, refer to my management about this. I'll give you a call back tomorrow. So that's where this entire story leads. I am now waiting for a call from Apple support again. Could be any second it now. It could be any time. They told me 6.30 to 7. It's 6.39 right now. So I don't think they're going to call until it's probably 7, realistically. But I have to be careful because if they call and I miss it, then I don't know if I'll get a call back. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be bad. All right. So on that note, should we do a stuff we like this week so we can wrap up the episode? Absolutely. Because I've been watching tons of new content lately because guess what? Ooh. I'm not in school anymore. So I don't have to worry about homework after I'm done work. Sorry. I just had to point that <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. You just have a hard cutout at six o'clock. Yeah. I finish work at six o'clock and then I have the rest of the evening to do whatever I want, which usually ends up just being the gym, dinner and sleep. But still, it is still. Still things you love to hear. Okay, so what's something you're watching? Uh, I actually recently started a Disney Plus series. Yes, of course. It's called National okay. Treasure. I don't know if you saw like the, the movies when you were younger with Ooh. Nick Cage. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they came out the full television series and it's it's very 2023. Like the kids are like very much Gen Zs. Like they're our age. They're 21 and 22 years old. And they're going on this journey to find uh, to find treasure. And I don't know, I find it like somewhat relatable. It's a little cheesy and like cringy at times because they talk about like social media or like being an influencer. Like one of the girls in the show is an influencer. Oh God. Um, and they give this... I was just talking to Steven about this from yeah. TMS, how like they always completely misconstrued what influencers are like in these TV shows. Oh yeah, no, they play them down as if they don't do anything and they like, they, like they very much have all this free time and like they pretty much just jump on a live once in a while and then sometimes they get sponsored content. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that's not it at all. Like these, like I was like, like I'm just thinking about, it, I'm like, I for one, I've spent seven, eight years in this industry uh, as an aspiring creator, but then yeah. also I've been friends with you. I've been friends with countless other creators who I get to see their workflow and like what their day-to-day -day is life like. And it's nothing like that. It's this giant grind and hustle. So it's extremely interesting uh, to see it, but also the, the show itself is really high production and has some cool special effects and fight scenes. So I think it's pretty dope. I would highly recommend it. It makes me wonder how they're misconstruing other like professions. Like if I just have a very skewed take on what it's like to be a doctor or a lawyer, like for sure, yes. But it's so interesting when you see your job depicted, then you can kind of understand how they like depict everything I mean, correctly in media just to like make it the most exciting, simplified version. I mean, fair enough. I mean, Dr. Mike and Legal Eagle on YouTube both do breakdowns of like what it's actually like in like suits True. and like Grey's Anatomy versus the actual professions respectively. So that's its own True. interesting kind of, Thing. If, if you guys are interested in, in checking that out, check out their channels on YouTube. Like they, they do a great job at breaking down the reality of it. But Jacqueline, what, what's something you have on your stuff you like this week? 
Okay, I just started listening to the song that's called um, Just Say Yes by Snow Patrol. It's been out for literally forever, but it is such a good song. And I feel like when I go out with friends, like there are certain classics that like the bars always play. This is definitely one of them. Another one is um, um, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston is played a lot. A lot of Eminem songs are played a lot. I feel like there are certain classics that are like just like club songs or like bar songs, but I love the song um, Just Say Yes. I feel like it's like has such a positive chorus. Absolutely. I, I definitely got to check that out. I've actually never heard it. I know Snow Patrol. I, I've heard like Chasing Cars, which I feel like everyone has. Yeah. This point, but it's an amazing song. song. But yeah, absolutely. I, I got to check that out. I got to get more in, into Snow Patrol. I got to get more into a lot of a lot of bands, to be quite honest with you. Me too. I feel like I only know this song and Chasing Cars. So I definitely want to listen to more of their stuff. Sick. I definitely got to check that out. My second one for this week was actually a song my buddy put out uh, recently. It's called Ooh. I Don't Even Know Who I Was. It's in his new, he came out with an album. It's called Manifestation. It's, it's by uh, Seb the GM. I believe GM stands for general manager, but I'm not sure. He won't tell me. <laughs> but interesting. Just a little secret. And fun fact I mean, this guy's the most supportive guy I know. Like, he, he's listened to almost every single episode of the podcast since it started. And his reasoning, he doesn't even like That's tech so the same way that we, like, we talk about tech. Like, he's, he's, he's appreciative of tech and he likes tech, but it's not the same level of, of you and I. But he, he listens to it because yeah. he wants to, like, he told me, he's like, I want to hear your voice. So it's it's very, very That's interesting. so cute. Oh my gosh. Unfortunately. Well, hello to him. That's so cute. I am getting a call from Apple at this point. Check out, I didn't even know who he oh, was. Oh, okay, go. I will, I will wrap up the episode for us. Thank you, Jacqueline. Much pre- appreciated. I will talk to <laughs> everyone course, here Tom. next week on the podcast. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Right, okay. Um, for the last uh, thing this week, I want to give a shout out to Mel Robbins, who has this podcast. Um, that I think is really, really good. I feel like every episode is targeted towards someone that wants to like either improve their relationships, their work, their relationship with themselves, their relationship with friends, dating, family, productivity, like kind of just like a guidebook to life in some way. Obviously that's like a grandiose statement. I, I don't want to go that far with it, but I feel like every episode is really interesting and it teaches me something new. So if you guys want to check out, like if you're interested in a podcast, I would say that that's a pretty interesting one to check out. And if you do check it out, definitely let us know what you think. We'll be back next Monday, 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern for another conversation about tech. If you want to connect with us further, um, it's at Digital Dive Pod on Twitter. And I also want to give a huge shout out to Adil Constantine for our incredible intro and outro music. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you next week. Bye.